Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Okay, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of. If you're not, if you're not watching on YouTube, I just put my hand to my ear, expecting everyone to shout out the name of my podcast, um, which is Dear Abby. Thanks for joining me today. I'm very um, tired but awake. I'm recording in the morning today. And I feel very refreshed recording in the morning, but I don't know if my brain has really warmed up yet. So maybe by the middle of this episode, I will be fully conscious of what I'm saying and what's happening. I hope you guys are having a great Thursday and that you have some fun plans for the weekend. Yeah, I hope you guys have some fun plans for the weekend. Um, I just listened to my sister's podcast and it did and they were talking about the fall and Halloween and decor and spooky stuff and cozy vibes. And I'm super excited to decorate my studio with just a cute couple, a couple cute Halloween decorations because my place is still pretty much a clean slate. It feels like because it's a lot of white and wood. So there's a lot I can add to it and I need to because I still feel like sometimes I'm in an insane asylum because I don't have all of my paintings up. I don't have all the color that I want in here. So it's like plants, white and wood. And I don't hate that, but I also, I feel like I finally figured out what colors I really want in my apartment. It took me a while to figure that out because I thought it was one set of colors, but it actually turns out it's like a lighter blue and dark green and just a bunch of different rich colors i bought some plates and cups that was like a royal blue uh no not like well it's kind of more indigo-y and these like lime yellowish green plates and i was like okay i'm gonna base my whole apartment after those and i love the lime green color but i don't actually love the royal blue for everything so i was painting a painting with like that was the main color is the indigo ish blue and now i'm changing that so i have to redo a lot of my painting which kind of stinks that i was going to hang up back here sometimes i can't believe i just give unsolicited actually technically it's a solicited because you're listening but I just like to always set a reminder that I don't know anything and take everything I say with a grain of salt. You are the master of your mind. Uh, you know yourself more than I do. And when I answer questions or answer and give advice, it's just coming from my personal experience and perspective. It's not the law of the land. <laughs> I feel like that's obvious, but I just don't want anyone to think that I think that everything that I say is the best way to do anything. <laughs> so okay just kind of tell and talk about what works for me if you're trying to design a place or decorate it or pick out a color scheme just like make what i did is i made a pinterest a pinterest board of everything that i liked and there's a bunch of different vibes in it and different themes and like some are contemporary some are more whimsical looking some were more um like farmhousey i rounded up a ton of pictures a ton of different decorations and aesthetics and then from there 
I thought I had everything already picked out before I even made the Pinterest board and turn and just color wise. Like I thought I already had all of my colorways, but turns out when I was looking through all of the pictures, there was just certain colors that kept popping up almost in every single picture, even if they were different aesthetics or different vibes to the house, they were still the same. There was like very similar colors. And so I realized those are the colors I want in my apartment. So that's what I, that's what I've been doing. And I feel like because I've taken my time just moving stuff around and instead of just like having to have it all figured out really fast, I kind of like going a slower pace to make sure that I really like what I'm hanging on my walls and putting everywhere. Um, I miss my brother. Oh, well, first. okay, first. So today I'm talking about trust and just the ins and out of trusting people and just kind of jumping into that if that's something that you struggle with is really trusting people letting go surrendering um I feel ya and I just wanted to talk about that a little bit to hopefully just help people not feel as alone if that's a problem for them or and to help you maybe trust people a little bit more and just talk about the benefits the pros and cons you know the realities of trusting people um and then we'll do a Dear Abby. And that's it for today. We don't have a frenemies today. That'll be next week. Uh, yeah, okay. But I have a couple more life updates that are not as boring as what I'm decorating my house with. So a couple months ago, I don't know why I never told the story. I just totally forgot about it until yesterday. But a couple months ago, like maybe two months ago, or maybe less, but I was at the beach with my brother and his couple of his friends that he was doing sales with and my boyfriend. And it was such a nice, it was probably one of the nicest beach days I've ever had. I think I did talk about that. Like I went to the beach that day and I was like, this is the most relaxed I've ever been at the beach. And it was just fun. Like I just had fun. I didn't have, I had some existential like OCD kind type of thoughts at the beginning, but eventually like I just accepted that I don't know and I might feel uncomfortable the whole beach day and I can, I can handle that. I can get used to that and still try to enjoy it. And eventually they just went away and I was able to actually enjoy it. And it felt so good because I didn't think it was ever possible again but at that the, on that same day I forgot to mention that it was so funny I was standing so I was standing at the <laughs> the water's edge it sounds like a movie I think it is um I was standing at the edge of um, where the shore was coming in I was thinking about I was reflecting about all of that while staring at the water before that though before I started reflecting and kind of going off in my head I was watching my boyfriend and my brother and his friends just goof around body surf stuff like that and it was so fun to watch and then I look away have my little moment and then I try to look back and I didn't see him and I was like did they come in how did I not see them come in that would have like I would have seen that so so I look over and I see my brother and his friends a little bit more to the left than what I had than where I had seen them before my whole moment so I was relaxed I was like oh this is such a peaceful day and then I look and I see my brother's friends and one of them had a boogie board and he looked like he was frantically trying to get that boogie board somewhere and then I keep looking and I pan over and I see Keaton helping this like little girl she's probably like 12 she's probably yeah she's probably 12 who was panicking and like was basically drowning in the water because I think she was tired because she got pulled out and um by like a rip current or whatever it's called and she was young and she probably wasn't the best swimmer so she started to panic and her sister was like yelling on the shore like her sister got in and 
Um, anyway, so I see Keaton who's like trying to stay above water because he's helping this young girl try to stay above water. But she, when someone's drowning or when someone's panicked in the water, they don't care about you. They're, they're only, they've switched to survival mode. So it's like they, they will shove you down and drown you to keep them alive. It's a sad thing about humanity, but it does, it does make sense if we're wired to stay alive. Um, and she was a little girl. So, but that's just what we learned when, when I was a lifeguard, that's what, that's like the number one thing they teach you is like, don't ever try to save someone if you don't have like a flotation device nearby because, or on you because they will push you down because they're not, they're not thinking clearly. Um, so she was very much heavily relying on Kean to do the the treading of the water because he couldn't stand where they were yet. So he's like trying to get through these big waves, like with this little girl. And I'm watching this like panicking, like, is, is this okay? The lifeguard is just sitting on the stand. Like the lifeguard did not see what was happening. And so I was like, okay, if they don't get him the boogie board in a couple of seconds, like I'm going to go get the lifeguard. I probably should have before now looking back, but they seemed kind of fine because the sister, by that time I had even thought about, getting the lifeguard um they already had the boogie board to him and so the girl was on the boogie board and keen was just like kicking with her back to shore so it wasn't that crazy but it was just um it was just kind of funny that while i was having a really relaxed speech epiphany moment keen's my boyfriend's literally almost drowning trying to save a girl and lifeguard is not anywhere to be seen so luckily he was fine. The girl was fine. The sister was relieved and they were both very grateful. And it was very, um, it was very heroic to watch. And I was very proud that he stepped up. I guess he said that they heard, they were just playing in the waves, like my brother and his friends. They said they heard the girl screaming, like her sister screaming, like, help, help. And the lifeguard didn't hear and he was not watching. So it was so weird to me. Cause they're usually pretty on top of that, honestly, at the beaches here. But anyway, so they heard it and he just started swimming immediately over to help them. And I don't think, I don't know if how much he thought through. I didn't really, t I don't remember what he said, like how much he thought through, like if he told them to bring the boogie board or if he just like heard help and just went and, you know, then was like, crap, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared because I literally am trying to hold up a girl while also holding up myself while the waves are also crashing on me. So I'm glad they had the boogie board out there or else I would have definitely ran to the lifeguard immediately. So that was a really cool situation. That was kind of neat to watch, um, but also horrifying. One last thing and then we'll get into everything else. I I just miss my brother who was here for a couple of weeks, the one that was at the beach. And we'd meet up every Sunday because he was working throughout the week and we were like 30 minutes away from each other. But he would come every Sunday and hang out with us and we'd have dinner and go to the beach. And it was just good vibes because he's been gone for a long time serving a mission for our church. And so it's just been nice having him back. But now he's gone to college and I'm devastated, but also happy for him. But also I miss having him here. So cool if you're listening. I love you and I miss you. <clears throat> but that's okay because if there's one if there's one way me and my siblings will stay in touch, it is always video games. I've been playing Baldur's Gate with my brother Clay multiple times a week. And this October or just this fall, we want to play Dead by Daylight. For those who have never played Dead by Daylight, it's a video game you can play on the PC. It's just on... Oh, actually, is it on Steam or Xbox? I don't remember. But uh, you can get it on the PC and also I think... You can play it on the Xbox, maybe. Um, but it's so creepy. It's like there's four victims and there's one murderer. And 
you can choose who the murderer is or if someone wants to be it or you can vote or whatever. And that person has to disconnect from the chat. So they can't hear anything. You can't hear them. And you're trying to basically the four victims have to escape this cage, like this big caged area. And in order to do that, they have to fix four different engines. And meanwhile, the murderer is on the loose in that cage and they're trying to find people and they place them. This is really gory. They grab the people and they hook they hook them on a massive hook. <laughs> and uh, literally they hook them. And then so if the murderer finds someone, they hook someone. You can go save them. Usually you want to go save them because you have more of a chance to escape because you you have four people to fix the engines or three people or however many people you're playing with. Um, so you want as many people as possible because you're way more likely to escape. So the victims are trying to run around, find an engine, and then they try to fix it. Meanwhile, they're chatting to each other. They're talking. Oh, I think he's over here. The murder's over here. So you go to this engine. I'll stay over here. Um, I'll distract them because there's some people who are really good at the game, not me, who can have the murderer chase them for a long time and like zigzag and jump over things and stuff to to keep the murderer busy, like to distract him long enough to fix the other engines. This, the creepiest part, though, is when you're fixing an engine, it's already kind of loud. Like if you're the person playing the bad guy, you can hear footsteps sometimes if they're close, if they're running. And you can also hear the engine and especially if someone messes up on what's called an engine check, which is you basically have to click a button. It's one of those things where there's a circle and then once it lands in a certain place, you have to click it. Or once it passes a certain place, it'll tell you you have to click it. And so if you don't do it on time, then it like makes a little explosion and it just basically tells a murderer where you are. So you either have to run and hide where the engine was or you just keep fixing it and hope he doesn't come get you. So it's horrifying because you're scared and it's like such a creepy looking game and the murders are horrifying. Like there's a clown. There's like some creepy scientist electro guy but it's such a good Halloween game to play. If you have siblings that live across the country um that have a pc or an xbox that's why i love video games is because i am able to keep up and hang out with some siblings who i don't always hang out with because we just don't live in the same place but that's a great great halloween game i wasn't planning on even talking about that but i was thinking about how to stay in touch with your siblings and fun things to do in october and that's definitely one of them so it's called dead by daylight I don't remember how to get it, to be honest. I think it's on Steam and Xbox, like Xbox Pass, maybe. Maybe Xbox Game Pass. Okay, time to get into the meat of the podcast. I don't know why I say that. I just, I'm not good at transitioning from one segment to the other. This episode is to all of the people out there that have a really hard time putting your trust in someone and, and fully trusting anyone and anything that's good trusting anyone on their word and just that when people compliment you you have a hard time trusting them or believing them and that's probably obviously due to past experiences where someone has betrayed that trust so I'm gonna go into a little bit of that and also how to maybe start trusting people again and some things I've used and some things I've done to help me trust those that 
have said that they love me. It got a little bit messy for a little bit and I still sometimes find myself having a hard time trusting. But if you have been betrayed to a certain extent or if you've been really disappointed by somebody or there's broken promises or someone was dishonest with you and it really broke your heart, I'm very, very sorry because sometimes people say, well, that's just life. That just happens to everyone. But just because it's life and just because it happens to everyone doesn't mean it's not actually real pain and not very painful and a struggle and something that you have to bounce back from. So when people say, well, that's just life, you know, I just hope we can look at this whole thing in a new lens and be a lot more empathetic and kinder to people who have trust issues or to yourself if you have trust issues. And what does that even look like, honestly? So so trust issues, in my non-professional opinion, is just when you you overanalyze what people say, especially if it's something positive or a promise, you are constantly letting your brain overanalyze them, overanalyze their actions, their words. You find every tiny little detail. You're like, well, you know, they said this and this tiny thing could lead up to that. So they have already broken their promise. And you're also just finding all of the negatives in someone and pushing them away. That to me is trust issues. Because you, you, trusting someone is not the acknowledgement that they're perfect so they will never hurt me. I think trusting someone is giving someone the benefit of the doubt always and forgiving them always. How do we know which people we should trust and who we should not trust? I think the people who show up over and over again, no matter what, in any way, I mean, obviously a good way, but they don't have to do any grand gestures a ton. It doesn't have to be this big thing. It can just be they just keep showing up and they keep coming back. And those are the people that I can trust. People who are not perfect, you know, but they keep coming back and they keep trying again and they keep coming back and they they try new things with me and they have and they're willing to listen to criticism even if it takes a while to get there to where you're both on the same page you can talk about things openly those are the people that I think you can trust after you've been burned you know so they say it's really hard to trust people again it really is and it's almost hard if you have a religion or if you trust in God. It's been really hard to keep trusting God. And I don't think there's any shame in that. I think it is hard. And I think that's what builds a relationship with the divine, you know, who I believe is just our father, the father of our spirits. Trust is truly like what builds a relationship. And that's why it's so hard to be in a relationship sometimes and why it's also the most rewarding thing in the world. It's so hard to trust people again. So if you're struggling with that, it's okay. Don't shame yourself further or get mad at yourself. That's, you can't, what is it, the saying? It's like, you can't shame yourself into change. You have to love yourself into evolution. Um, And I 100% agree with that. I have never seen change with my issues in trust or my resistance to trusting I guess more so is what it feels like is just you're resistant to trusting people shaming myself and making myself feel bad for someone else's actions has never helped me progress or never helped me trust people more it's when I have my back and I'm like I was burned and I was hurt very badly and now it's my turn to step up because I deserve to trust people I deserve to feel connection 
I deserve to have someone who's in my life who is trustworthy. I do deserve that and that will make me happy. So I'm going to work towards that. So don't shame yourself into trying to trust people again, but work on a realization that you do deserve to trust people because that is so healing to do so. And I promise you, there are people out there and people in your life that are trustworthy. They're not perfect, but they are trustworthy. And it feels like that's not possible. And there's no one out there like that when you're in a certain headspace. But I promise you there is. I'm so grateful I have trust people, trustworthy people in my life. When I'm really anxious, I'm not the most trustworthy person because I get really in my head and I feel really bad about that. I'm grateful for people who are reliable and trustworthy because I'm not always super reliable just because... Sometimes my I let my brain win the war of trying to stay focused or trying to get things done in an orderly way. Um, I blame it on having um, more of a creative mind is what I try to blame my an organ like my lack of organization on. But I've met trustworthy people. I've met very honorable people, and they're out there. And there's people in your life that you can trust. Start practicing that. Start practicing that trust, but don't go in with the expectation that they will never make you feel bad. They will never disappoint you. They will always like the first time you talk or the first time you have a misunderstanding, it'll be solved in two seconds. There's, it's still a relationship. You're, you're, you're probably pretty complicated too. So is the other person probably, but they're still trustworthy people that are imperfect. So go in with the expectation that it's a two-way relationship with whoever you're trusting and whoever you want to put your trust in. And they also are tr putting their trust in you. So you have to be just as trustworthy if you're looking to trust someone else. One way we can trust people and trust those that we have chosen to trust or you're in a relationship with or your sibling or your parents or someone that you're trying to build a relationship with, start to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course, there's like actual narcissistic people, like actually not like they have like one or two, a couple traits that are narcissistic. Everyone does. Obviously, as a disclaimer, there's actual people that will prove themselves untrustworthy. They will do something that betray your trust over and over again. So I give when I say give people the benefit of the doubt, these are people who keep showing up. They're trying they're willing to change. They're willing to communicate with you. They forgive you. They move on with you, stuff like that. So I'm not referring to people who are like cheating on you in a relationship or they're constantly like emotionally abusing you or physically. Obviously, I'm not referring to those types of relationships at all. Um, I'm talking about normal, safe relationships that are just a little bit complicated because we're all humans. I've, I've learned that a way to trust people yeah, is by giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's just a choice. Like even if my anxiety is spiraling, I'm like, they're doing this behind my back, like blah, blah, blah. And that's all going on in my head. I can look at that, observe those thoughts and be like, what am I going to choose to believe? I'm going to choose to believe them. I'm not going to choose to believe my own thoughts right now because most of the time when you have high anxiety or especially OCD, there's a lot of thoughts you can't trust because they're just extremely irrational and based on someone's actions, based on how they speak, based on what other people speak of them, based on things that you've seen with your own eyes, you can trust your senses. I've learned to kind of trust my senses and my reality over just like the irrational fears in my head. 
which is like, wow, bravo, Abby. But, you know, it's not easy for everyone to do that immediately. Okay, it's a learning curve. It's just choosing to trust the other person and what they're saying over your own insecurities, your own fears, I think. And choosing to trust that over your own feared outcomes of something. I've learned that I can't feel love and I can't demonstrate as much love if I'm not trusting someone and if I'm not opening my heart to that vulnerability. And I can almost get to like a half vulnerable place and I'm really comfortable there, but there's a full vulnerability that's really hard for me to do a lot. And I'm trying to get better at that, but I've learned that the I can't, you just can't, you can't half trust people. You know, you and internally for those people like me, this is totally me. I say I want connections. I want friends. I want to build relationships, but I'm not even willing to open my heart and be vulnerable. Well, that's not going to get me anywhere. That's not going to get me real vulnerable relationships like I'm craving, you know. I have to really, really open my heart and wear my heart on my sleeve and still guard your heart a little bit. But the people who have shown you that you can trust, you don't have to, I don't think you have to guard your heart forever with certain people. One of my year goals was just to have a deeper, um, have a deeper, more emotionally intimate connection with my boyfriend and keep learning how I can be more vulnerable myself and open myself up. For me, opening up and trusting sometimes just means telling them your boundaries. It doesn't mean like letting someone walk all over you. It means telling someone your actual emotional needs, your boundaries, things that you're not sure if that's for sure what you need, but you know, based on your past, you're like, this feels like this is what I need right now. It could change. That's okay. If you don't know everything that you need all the time, no one really does. They just know some basics. Trust people that if they had a problem or if they had something to tell you, they would. And even if they did have something to tell you and they're not telling you, that is not on you. They're just going to have to sit with resentment or whatever they're going to have to sit with for not talking to you. I mean, we all do that a little bit sometimes, but I think as you get older, confrontation is just way less scary and you can just tell people, hey, I didn't really like that you did that or that hurt my feelings or whatever. Trust people by telling them that something hurt your feelings by you being the one that confronts them and expresses a concern or something was hurtful. There's a lot of different ways that you can trust, but I think sacrificing a little bit for someone is also a good way to trust someone. Something I've learned is trust is just how you build a relationship with someone. You're like, I'm scared to give you this, but I'm going to give you my heart. And that's, it's real and it's very scary. But if they protect it and if they hold it, if they hold it and if they protect it and they try their best to like guard my heart and I do the same for their heart to the best of my ability and I will try and I won't be perfect and neither will they, but you both try. And just like that trying and that returning and that coming back to, for me, I've noticed that that's really what builds a relationship is you, you kind of have, just have to be vulnerable. And you can have a relationship with people without this, but it won't be as your hearts won't feel as close. So that's just something that I've learned and that I think is so important to having a healthy, happy, joyous life. So if you're stuck in a loop of not trusting people and not willing to like let yourself be vulnerable a little bit, just start practicing it and try to start at least discerning who you can trust in your life. And then start to build that relationship and be open and honest and all of that stuff. There's a lot of people in your life that want to be close to you and that you can trust. So and just because you trust someone, it doesn't mean that they will never break your heart or they will never 
maybe abuse the power that they have a little bit, but it is important to at least open your heart to it because then you can at least see and it's exciting and it's what brings connection and joy and love and it creates something beautiful by opening and trusting. Uh, Two things really fast. So something that I've been thinking about for myself and things that I've just seen a bunch of little messages that I'm choosing to take as a sign from God is I've seen a lot of posts and um, artwork and Pinterest boards or not boards, but pins about how if you are, sorry, I'm going to cry through this because this just means a lot to me. If you have experienced a lot of overthinking, like you have been an overthinker before, and sometimes that's just like a weakness and a tendency uh, to cope, your capacity to come up with stories, your imagination, your creativity, your concern, your your care that goes into the overthinking, all of that was made to really just be channeled into a dreamer instead of an overthinker this has nothing to do with trust by the way this is something i just wanted to share so if you experience this a lot or you overthink a lot you're really meant to be a dreamer and they don't always have to be bad stories okay they can be the most wild beautiful crazy stories with happy endings sometimes maybe sad endings but they can be filled with imagination creativity it's okay to be a dreamer okay And every once in a while when you fall into overthinking, just remind yourself that the reason you have this capacity is so that you can dream the most beautiful things that you can imagine. And you can create the most beautiful things, especially overthinkers who have a crazy imagination, who can imagine horrible scenarios. You're a dreamer and we can channel that to being a dreamer. That's what I think you were created to be, not an overthinker, not so you can be miserable, but so that you can be a dreamer. And I think that just is helpful for my fellow overthinkers out there to not identify with overthinking um, as like a part of you. And maybe I would use the word dreamer instead and see if that maybe helps shift your mind a little bit. It's just so helpful for me to think of it that way because I don't want to identify myself with being an overthinker because I don't enjoy that. I don't like overthinking. It's not a flex, okay? I like being a a dreamer, a daydreamer. I like imagining riding on dragons. And that's one of the main things that I dream about, honestly. It's just riding a dragon one day. It's just flying around on a dragon one day. Will that ever happen? Probably not. But I want it to. And I also have my outfit picked out if that was the case. Anyways, it's just more fun to imagine that. It's more fun to imagine that than to imagine horrific things. Okay, let's move on to Dear Abby. Dear Abby, I need your advice. I recently graduated college and haven't found a job that uses my English writing degree. Since graduating, I've hopped from job to job but haven't found something that I love. I love being creative and inspiring others and I would love to be a wedding photographer one day. Since I'm on my own financially, I haven't... Oh, shoot. You can't hear the rest of the thing. I think it sounds like you were asking because you're providing for yourself you have a degree in something else. You want to be something, but you can't find your dream job. Uh, My advice for that is I've listened to a lot of old men talk about this. I've listened to a lot of old women talk about this. Middle-aged women talk about this where you want a job that you love and that fills your passions, but also you need to support yourself. And a little bit of life is the sucky part of just doing something you don't like for a little bit. But I think rationally, 
it, it would be awesome to just like you could take a risk and just switch and buy equipment and just start that would be horrifying um it's worked for like probably zero one percent of people but but i think the more rational thing to do would just be maybe work a job you don't love for a little bit until you can kind of support your wedding photography business. I think sometimes we're really eager to just hurry up and fulfill a dream. And so we kind of lose, which I think is beautiful. You know, I'm a big dreamer. Like I just talked about, I love that. I'm the same way, but I've, I've learned that a little bit of life for me has just been being willing to sacrifice a little bit to get that dream. And it's not going to all be, you know, roses and it's a little bit of a sacrifice to get the dream that you want and sometimes that makes it more beautiful once you achieve it so you might have to work a job you don't love for a little bit um see if you can find one with a little bit less hours and then you can invest your time and then eventually buy equipment invest your time into a wedding photography business until you can fully support yourself with that and then just make a transition over for that because you don't want to give up on your dreams but it's also you need a little bit of it's okay to sacrifice a little bit and not feel like you're living your best life. You know, like you see on TikTok and stuff. I think sometimes your best life is just whatever you make it. So if you really want to be a wedding photographer and go for your passions, your dreams, um, it'll take sacrifice to get there. And some of that might just be in order to support yourself. It's just working a job you might not love for a little bit um, to get yourself started. That is all part of the dream life, you know? That's the struggle part, so. But definitely go for it. I don't even know if that's a question you were going to ask because it went out halfway, but I hope that was a question and I hope that's helpful. But definitely don't just get stuck doing a job you hate your whole life. I don't think that's ever the answer. It's just like do a job that you hate and have a miserable life. But it's okay to work a job that just feels like an actual job for a little bit. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys rock. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, do something fun. Take yourself out. Buy some of that bagged candy from Sprouts. What's that little twisty thing that you put on there? That's what I always do. Always on the weekends. You got this, okay? Trust yourself. That's another thing. You got to trust yourself, okay? If you could leave a rating, a review, a comment, a like, a subscription. That would be amazing. Love you guys. Bye. Oh,